get stuffed. Hello and welcome back to Double Stuff Cinema. This is episode 43. I'm Shrey. I'm Andrew. I'm Neil. And uh, we're going to be talking about a very special movie uh, for a lot of us, or a very interesting movie. Uh, In case you didn't read the title before you started this, we're going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which just recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. Um... Andrew and Neil just watched this for the first time recently, and Andrew, uh, this is kind of inspired by Andrew's initial reaction to the movie, which he very excitedly texted us. Andrew, you want to let us know what your yeah, reaction was? Yeah, this movie was? was awesome. I don't remember exactly what I texted you, but I watched it, and I was like, this movie is literally like if they made an anime live action and it was good. Uh-huh. And, like, I mean, I didn't know it was, because it's based off of graphic novels, which I didn't know when I texted that. Mm-hmm. But now I really want to read the graphic novels. I don't know. I just, this movie really resonated with me, because I feel like it's, like, the perfect fit to my humor. And also, uh, I play the bass. And so <laughs> the guy plays, Scott Pilgrim plays the bass, so I was really pumped for that. Yeah, I if I remember correctly, I believe you said this is your favorite movie of all time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I say that a lot when I see my a movie new like mo- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I but could buy this being your favorite movie. I think it might be my favorite movie actually. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, I mean is... like I don't know. Not like a my favorite like movie that I would just watch randomly, you know. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's like artistically my favorite. It could be. Yeah, I mean... It's it's not, like, dramatic or anything. Yeah, but it's very, like, stylistically slick and very well-made, and there is a high level of production that went into this movie. Which yeah, definitely. you can believe uh, it being a movie by Edgar Wright. Um, yeah, Andrew, like, I've seen this movie a few times, and every time I, like, see it, I'm like, this is like Andrew in a movie. Like, <laughs> this this would be a movie that you would love, and I'm so glad you finally actually watched it. Uh, Neil, what were your first thoughts on this? Um, well, I was going to say exactly what you just said. Was The first time I saw it, I was like, this is such an Andrew like vibe. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything about this movie just screams Andrew. But, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought that the the music was probably my favorite part of the movie like just how they Mm -hmm. fit it in everywhere uh it was a really good job um and i I like the characters too it's really funny because like the music's kind of like supposed to be like a joke or like an afterthought you know like Mm -hmm. where you know maybe it's not actually that good but it's all really good you know like yeah like sex with bomb uh scott (laughs) scott pilgrim's band band they're they're amazing. Uh, like we are Sex Bomb, the opening song, that one's great. Uh, Garbage Truck is great. Um, the best, one of the best musical scenes in a movie of all time. I will maintain is the Black Sheep scene uh, with uh, Brie Larson and uh, whatever his name oh, is, right. the dude who plays Todd. Oh, Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Black Sheep is one of my favorite scenes in, like, a movie, period, I would say. Um, just because it's so fun seeing all the cutting with, like, every hit in the music, which is something I think is, like, kind of Edgar Wright's signature style, you know? Like, um, Neil, I know you saw Baby Driver and Andrew didn't, yeah. but Baby Driver is very much, like, it feels very cut to the music because it is, obviously. Yeah, that's why it's like, like the music wasn't like good by any means, but it fit really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all of the characters are so funny. Like, I don't think there's any one character that that like plays a significant part that isn't like laugh out loud funny at at least one point in the movie. Yeah. 
liked all of his. I liked all of Scott's um, former love interests. I feel like they were just so crazy. Like obviously the. You mean um, Ramona's? No, I know. I know Ramona's were evil. Yeah. But all of Scott's were oh. like. They were just like psychotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think funny. what the drummer Kim. She's not mm-hmm. that crazy. She's just. She. She's very dark and mysterious, which is yeah, yes, yeah. She um, I read the graphic novels and her her whole relationship with Scott and that storyline is definitely played out more because um, what what's what the movie does is it condenses those six books into one movie, yeah, and it, like basically sets it over the course of like a few weeks, where the with the books are set over the course of like a full year so there's definitely a lot more time to breathe in those and you can feel that like very fast paced let's get through stuff very quickly throughout the movie like scene transitions just happen very quickly and very suddenly to get you from one point in time the scene transitions are one of my favorite parts of Mm -hmm. the movie just because they're a lot of the time they're a little unexpected and it's just like it'll be like a word goes across the whole screen and screen and it like fades to white and then all of a sudden they're like in a different scene and I'm like mm-hmm. whoa um my favorite transition in the entire movie is the one where they're like talking about the show that they have to go to and they're like it's at the and then it cuts and it shows rocket in big letters on the side of the building <laughs> yeah. with like the big uh, I think it's a base in the back you can hear like a big hey. Big base. Yeah. yeah. It seems like he just like tried to kind of like make it seem like it looked bad, but at the mm-hmm. same time it worked. Well, not yeah. like not making it look bad, but like it didn't look bad. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel bad. Uh I think it it might be helpful to explain the plot of the movie a little bit for people who may be a bit lost or need a bit of a refresher. So Andrew, why don't you take us away on that end? Okay. I've still only seen the movie one time, so I don't know if I'll get it perfect, but it's not too complicated. So, basically, this guy, Scott Pilgrim, I'm pretty sure he's 23 in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 22. Okay, 22. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. Not a big deal. But he is, I don't know, just kind of living his life, I guess. He has a couple roommates that are... Uh, pretty big throughout the movie. I think Wallace and Young Neil. We got Young yeah. Neil. <laughs> young Neil. He's really funny. I like him. I'm Neil. <laughs> yeah, there's a Young Neil. Uh, there's a Matthew Patel. Yeah. <laughs> but very represented in this movie. But we've got... Um, so he, like... I guess he gets this girlfriend that's in high school whose name is Knives. <coughs> and she is, like, kind of throughout the movie just, like, a pretty good, pretty solid character, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But then he sees Ramona, who has pink hair, and he's <laughs> like, "Man, that's the girl that I need." And so he like sort of breaks up with Knives, but not exactly. And then he like starts going out with Ramona, right? Mm-hmm. But then he has to fight. Okay, so that's like the normal intro of the movie, pretty much. I think yeah. it's like the first twenty, twenty, thirty minutes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not even. And then all of a sudden, it goes insane when Matthew Patel shows up because he finds out he has to, like, literally fight all her ex exes, like, to her the death. Her seven evil exes. Her seven evil exes to the death. So then the rest of the movie is him, like, just fighting her exes. And it's really entertaining. I don't yeah, know. He, has to, he has to defeat her seven evil exes in order to date her. Yeah, uh, but each pretty one much has, like their own stylistic, like signature whenever they mm-hmm. fight. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it's really, I think one of the parts I like the most is it seems like a pretty normal movie up until mm-hmm. Matthew Patel shows up. Yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they just start like, like flying around the room and like hitting each other, and it's yeah. so funny. It it's so funny because like, Scott's kind of like a loser. You know, for those first uh, twenty to thirty minutes, you know him. Like, yeah, and then sure, all of he's a sudden, a he's like a total badass. Yeah, then you know? he like he's flying around, like doing 
full-on Street Fighter combos of beating up Matthew Patel. Yeah. <laughs> which is very interesting. I think that was, like, a big part of their production. They're like, all right, so the idea is, like, what if everyone you knew just had, like, Street Fighter moves that they knew? Yeah. And you could just challenge someone in the middle of the street and literally fight them like Street Fighter. Yeah, and all yeah. the evil exes have, like, specific superpowers. I don't know if they're uh -huh. superpowers, but, like, a niche thing yeah. that they do. Um, yeah, it seems like such a, like, innocent, like, one of those, like, nerds, Scott mm -hmm. Pilgrim. And then he, like... And it, it really helps that he's explodes. played by Michael Sarah. you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Michael Sarah definitely is, like, the embodiment of that nerdy <laughs> kind of guy, you know? Like, he, yeah. he's pretty scrawny, pretty tiny. Uh, but then, of course, he, like, ends up going into these full-on raging fight modes, which is... Yeah. Yeah. I think um, he played the part, like, mm -hmm. very well, I think. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like it was made for him. Like, mm -hmm. the character was written for him. Which, I don't know that it was, but I could buy it if it was. Um... Other, the cast is also pretty insane. I don't, I think you yeah. may have mentioned it, but so you've got Mary Elizabeth Winstead for um, who plays Ramona, uh, and then you've got a ton of like famous superhero actors. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got Brie Larson plays one of Scott's exes. Uh, you've got Brandon Routh who played Superman and the Atom in uh, the DC TV shows. Uh, Chris Evans plays one of Ramona's evil exes. <laughs> it is um, funny. And then Anna Kendrick's in it as Scott's younger sister. Um, Ellen Wong as Knives Chow is amazing. Uh, just an all-around amazing cast. Like, it's kind of unbelievable that, like, all of them are in this movie together. And it's, like, right before, like, peak superhero madness hits. You know, like, right before we get into the MCU... Where like Chris Evans and Brie Larson are all cast and become super right. famous. Yeah, this is like the and movie think, to discover them in. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's awesome that they also took these super duper famous people who we all <laughs> know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they made them almost secondary characters in this movie. Like not really part of the main cast, except maybe Knives. But, yeah, well, um, well, none of them. None of them were really that big at this yeah, point. Like right. Brie Larson She's... was eighteen or something. Like she was still. Oh like, yeah, that's true. Brie Larson was eighteen. Like before the first Avengers from two thousand twelve even came out. Yeah, this is. I think it's a year before uh, Captain America, so maybe he was cast as Captain America by this point, but. Um, he definitely wasn't known for being him. I mean, he plays, like, it's really a, a different role in this movie, too, mm -hmm. which I think, it's, I don't know. It's I like, like the anti Chris Evans play different parts. Cause it's like the anti-Captain America. He's so yeah, versatile. Basically. <laughs> yeah, he's, it, he's great at playing, like, a ton of different parts. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't realize until you see him in other movies, but... He, he's definitely, like, the skater version of his character in Knives Out. You know, yes, yeah, like the same level of like douchey and like yeah, being a more jerk. Jock, more douchey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so fun getting to see him do that kind of stuff. Like uh, the moment where he walks out of his trailer in his first scene <laughs> and he cracks his neck to the Universal logo, like the Universal music's playing in the background and he cracks yeah. his neck on each bump, bump. Plus his uh fight sequence with his stunt doubles like those are all his stunt doubles like his yeah. real life stunt doubles which is oh, wow. oh those yeah. are his real life stunt doubles mm -hmm. yeah that was funny it's he's crazy. like this is the perk of being a uh, super famous actor you yeah get stunt doubles mm -hmm. <laughs> um his fight is like my favorite out of like the actual fights in the movie there's i would say there's like there's four fights with the evil exes, and then like two, two or three of the others are handled in other ways. But um, his is my favorite because you have the stunt double fight where it cuts away, at, like, and you see Scott being beat up, and then it cuts away from them, 
and Scott's just standing over the pile of bodies within like a matter of two seconds. Yeah, they don't even like show you what happens. It's mm -hmm. funny. And then the way he takes them out is also super fun. Like when he's uh, skateboarding down those completely trashed rails, mm -hmm. and <laughs> he, he just explodes. Uh huh. It keeps like showing him going at full speed, and then cutting back to Scott and his roommate Wallace, and Scott's just going, "Wow, wow." <laughs> And then one point it just cuts off before he's even able to say wow. Before he explains. I think my favorite fight in the whole movie was the one with Todd. That's that my favorite. I, I, I love the one with Todd, but, but I don't consider that one a fight. Because that one's like just the base battle. That one's the rip-off. Okay. And then they also The riff-off, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. the rip-off. And then <laughs> they... But he also has the like psychic... Psychic battle or whatever. Yeah, the vegan. He yeah. has the vegan powers. That's the best part. Oh my gosh! Uh -huh. I when, thought uh, that was hilarious. It comes out of nowhere. Like, I forgot to tell you, Todd's vegan. <laughs> yeah. And his eyes light up, and he turns into like God. It's like this whole like, is this whole mythology behind the thing that they don't, they never care to explain, and you don't need it to explain. Like, at some point, yeah. it just makes sense. Like, yeah, vegans have superpowers. Mm -hmm. And then the vegan police boss. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. I I love when so after they take his vegan powers away and essentially defeat him, you you can see them behind Scott as he like says his you were you used to be a vegan but now you will be gone. You can see them like <laughs> jumping and high fiving in the background behind him as they like run back to their car. Vegan oh, really? police, <laughs> dude. I would. I would watch a standalone movie about the vegan police. I know. There there really needs to be, like, a vegan police spinoff movie. Or, like, even a TV show, you know? Yeah. You know? Like one Who would season. you cast? I mean, you well, you got to keep the same the vegan same police. Guys. Yeah. You got to keep the It'd same It'd be like a buddy though. cop movie. Yeah. But yeah, vegan yeah. police. And then, like, maybe, like, Natalie Portman as, like, their chief of police, you know? <laughs> the most famous yeah. vegan just their boss Edgar Wright if you're listening make it happen yes <laughs> spin up. um what so I mean while we're on the topic of the evil X battles why don't we just go through and talk about what we liked in each of them so starting at the top we got the Matthew Patel one um that that's like that one I feel suffers just the slightest bit because you have no idea where it's coming from yeah. And it, it just it's so bizarre. You know, with the the demon biker gals with the <laughs> SL ick. Okay. Yeah. Um I really like that fight because uh -huh. of the sh the shock factor of it. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I never saw the movie before and no one told me like anything that was going to happen. So when I saw it, I was literally like what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And then I like I don't know. I feel like it's very intentional that mm -hmm. it happens that way. It definitely is. And it works for me. I love it. Yeah. It is the biker I don't know the biker chicks kind of like they're only there for like half They're like a there or for something. like 5 seconds. Yeah, and then they and then I'm like, "Okay, what was yeah. that?" I mean, they it, they do they do disintegrate Crash and the Boys, which gives a uh, Sex oh. Bombs an early win. In Battle of the Bands. Um, yeah, my, I, do... I think... My th Go ahead, my, th my thoughts on the Matthew Patel fight, I think, <clears throat> as an Indian, <laughs> it was very, very interesting to see mm -hmm. an Indian, like, act like that. Like, I thought mm -hmm. it was hilarious. And, <laughs> like, as much as the shock factor was huge, I guess, um, when he came into the scene, first of all, his entrance was amazing. I thought yeah. like it was so yeah. it was so <laughs> abrupt and like out of nowhere, not expected. And I think that's what made it so funny is because mm -hmm. he was just acting like super cheesy and like mm -hmm. just like trying to be super threatening, I guess, toward him. But like as an audience member, you weren't like nervous for Scott. You were just like laughing. Yeah, yeah. I d I do love all the little things going on like in the background of the fight. You know. um where uh, Stacy Pilgrim has brought her like boyfriend to the show, and Wallace like keeps on making moves <laughs> on him yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, like uh, the one where he's like, "So what do you think? Do they suck or do they suck?" And he's like, "Uh, they haven't started playing yet." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, and then, of course, when uh, at the end of that scene, uh, Wallace and her boyfriend are now making out. Uh, yeah. Very fun. <laughs> um, I, I also really like uh, the way they do his makeup for Matthew Pichel. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. dramatic. Very dramatic and very, like, I don't know, emo, would you consider? Yeah. Uh, it's all. I think it's also supposed to be, like, kind of Jack Sparrow inspired, you know? Because, like, uh, he's, like, dressed Vibes. like a pirate. He's, like, pirates oh, are yeah. in this year. Pirates are in. <laughs> yeah. Which is another the great eye makeup, The eye makeup really gave that away, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the moment where, like, someone just shouts, like, what are you, supposed to be, like, a pirate or something? And Scott's like, are you a pirate? Like, he's, <laughs> he's so curious and, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, that moment is also, like, completely, like, foreshadowed in that email scene where he, like, gets the email. Yeah. Like I saw the email. I was like, he's going to fight people? Yeah. And he completely ignores it. And, of course, that ends up being a bit of a bad decision for him. But And I think the craziest part about that is, like, you know how Scott saw the email and he just said, okay, whatever, like, screw it. Mm -hmm. I'll just send it to my junk. I feel like the audience did that too. Like, mm -hmm. you, yeah. you know, we, we all saw the email. We all saw he's going to fight someone, but still nobody expected, not many people would have expected Matthew to Patel just come. You completely. Like, crashing in there. It, it's so good because the, because the character is disregarding it, you do it too, which yeah, is a great it plays way it of, it's a great method of like audience manipulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, so then the next fight was the Lucas Lee fight, which we all yeah. already talked about. Chris Evans. And, yeah, and then we've got the <laughs> the fight against Todd with the vegan police, which we also talked about. And then I think the next one is against Roxy, right? Roxy yeah, Richter? Yeah, yeah. That, that fight is really funny for me because of all of, like, uh, Roxy's insults towards Ramona. Like, when she calls her a hasbian... Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of funny because Scott is just like there for the fight. Yeah, and they kind of just like fight around him and use him. Mm -hmm. His reaction's like, "Wait, this is true." She's like, "It's just, it was just a phase." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's literally just used as a weapon for Ramona to fight because. Yeah. He, I think, like he technically has to defeat has Roxy to defeat himself. Them, but he yeah. was like, "I'm not gonna hit a girl," and I'm yeah. like, "Dang." He's got some moral compass, even though he is a pretty. I would say, would you guys agree with me? Would you say Todd's like a bad person? Todd or say, Scott? Or Scott? Scott? Scott's a bad person. I would say. Yeah, I don't know if I'd yeah, say he's, he's a, a like a bad person. I mean, like, he's not he's I think he's, he's kind of a scumbag, you know, like... Yeah, he's bit. kind of an asshole. He, he's very selfish. Uh, he, yeah. he did cheat on Knives and Ramona. Knives. Yes. And there's also, like, that line at the party where, like, it's implied that he's done all... Like, he's broken all these girls' hearts, and he, mm -hmm. he has, like, absolutely no remorse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, it... it it does, it leans into the thing at the end where he has to fight Nega Scott, who's supposed to be, like, uh -huh. the opposite of him. And, and Nega Scott's, out. like, actually just a really cool dude because Scott right. is such a terrible person. <laughs> and the fact that he is, the fact that Scott is a terrible person is played off so well mm -hmm. by how evil all of the exes are. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not even evil. They're just, they're just like, they're just weird and crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're all kind of psychotic. So, right. Um, I did want to talk about a few of the other moments in the Todd Ingram fight. I just remembered, um, prior to the fight where, uh, Knives and young Neil join them, oh, uh, yeah. backstage and Knives like has her freak out moment where she's like, I've kissed the lips that have kissed yours. And, um, and, uh, Envy just looks at Todd and is like, get her. And Todd punches her. And oh, knocks the highlights out of her hair. I was her. not expecting that at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. That and then Young good. Deal's just like on the ground screaming. He punched the highlights out of her hair. 
Yeah. I also, it's out of uh, there's the <laughs> there's the scene like before that mm-hmm. where you see knives texting Neil and mm-hmm. she just says, Young Neil, you're pretty hot or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really um, like that part. Uh right before the Clash of Demon Head performance, um where Knives shows up while like Scott is talking to like Ramona and someone else. And uh, someone's like, hey, you want to explain who she is? Um, and you see the wheel pop up behind Scott. And it gets stuck between I got to pee and uh, who her. And he says, I got to pee on her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love all those like little stupid moments. Um the the other moment where he has to like pee, uh, you know, where he does the pee bar thing, you oh, see yeah, the pee bar go bar. down, and then he walks out and he's on a completely different like setting. That oh yeah yeah that is purely like a practical thing. Like there's no like weird CGI going on there. They literally like they just rolled the entire set off and replaced it with another one in those like ten seconds where he's like peeing and washing his hands that's, that's awesome. crazy which is crazy yeah and it looked um, like that too mm-hmm. it didn't look like he was in like a dream or some kind of trance i mean i mean like he isn't he isn't like a dream but like the way yeah, they pulled right. it off is purely practical yeah yeah um cool. uh back to the roxy richter fight any other moments you guys got standout moments from that pretty standard evil x fight i would say yeah although the, the the way he takes her out is pretty funny that he touches the weak spot in the back of her <laughs> knee <laughs> yeah. i will say that it is uh before they fight her they're always like alluding to there being a girl x because mm-hmm. he's always like oh i have to fight all your evil x boyfriends and she's like no the seven evil x's yeah and he like straight up just doesn't get it until mm-hmm. then Oh, I didn't get it until now. <laughs> now that you said that. Neil's just a bit slow. <laughs> yeah, just a tiny bit. Um, was, uh, Andrew, I think you'd appreciate this. Uh, you know the term hammer space, right? No. I... Where, like, in, like, video games where, like, a character, like, isn't really able to carry items. Or, like, they don't look like they have the space to carry items, but then they, like, pull out, like, a giant... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, like, the whole idea behind uh, Ramona's weapon, too, because she pulls out, like, that giant fucking hammer, you know, out of nowhere. Um, It's really cool to see, like, those video game elements, like, be implemented into this kind of thing, because it very much feels like a video game. You know, they might have stolen a little bit from Spy Kids 3, but... (laughs) You'll let it pass. I'll let it pass, yeah. Yeah. Um, also the one up, the one up with the lives mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah, they definitely d- stole that. I love the moment uh, where he and Knives are playing the Dance Dance Revolution version or game or whatever, similar to Dance Dance Revolution for the second time, and like he's like doing nothing he's basically, and after the game ends, it's like, do you want to continue? And he's like, he's just standing there thinking. Because it's all, it's also like, does he want to continue the relationship with knives? And he's so unsure oh. because he's still really immature. I love yeah, all those like. He has oh. very good symbolism. Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of in your face, but also like very easy to ignore and just like be like, oh, it's just sound, but it's all very yeah. important. Um. All right. Well, then on to the next fight, which is I believe the Katyanagi twins. Correct. It's yeah. the two-part fight. Um, okay, that one looks awesome. Yeah. When they have, like, shooting sound waves at each other, uh-huh. I don't know exactly what it is, but they it t- looks really cool. One turns, the Kanyanagis turns into two dragons, and yeah. uh, Sex Bobombs turns into... Uh, An arctic monkey? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a Yeti. <laughs> yeah. But not really. That fight is, like, completely insane. Yeah, I think that's the most over-the-top fight, and it works 100%. I, yeah, I'd I say that's it. the coolest-looking fight, but it does mm-hmm. not top Todd the Vegan. Mm-hmm. 
It gave yeah. me very uh, Spider Verse vibes that fight. Yeah. Just yeah. Because of all the colors and like clashing, uh, I don't know, like auras, I guess. Big guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, I do love how, like, absolutely obliterated Sex Bobomb is at first. You know, like, mm-hmm. they have, like, just a few of their amps, and then, like, you can see the Kayanagi twins with, like, their giant wall of amps behind them. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, because of just Scott's pure, like, anger and the fact that he's so pissed off, he's able to basically single-handedly raise their volume. Get it? Basically. <laughs> Ooh, good one, Trey. Thank you. I, I, I meant that. Uh, pure, definitely not an accident. Um, and then on to the final fight, which is against Gideon. I don't know about you guys. It's definitely not my favorite fight, but I, I love, I love the replay, you know, like how it happens once yeah. one way and then the one, the one up comes back like immediately and it happens in a almost completely different way. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say this is like the most entertaining fight, but I think it's a like a good way to end the movie because mm-hmm. you have his band, the Sex Bob-Oms, now with mm-hmm. bassist Young Neil. Yeah. That is like, because Gideon was the like music, the label producer guy producer. that owned the mm-hmm. label. So he was the one that was like hiring them after they won whatever competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's really entertaining or I feel like it ties the movie together really well, having his band performing there, and they're all just like really low energy because they know Gideon sucks. Yeah. Now, now like, that they're, now all they're like, oh, this is uh, like not cool. I and mean, then, we, then uh, after the hold one, on one up, second. Okay, sorry. Go, going off that, um, it's really fun to see like the contrast bef- between like before they know what Gideon's actually like, like when they get the contract versus mm-hmm. when they're actually playing. Because I hadn't noticed it until I think that just this time when I watched it, um, when they first get the contract from Gideon, um, you can see Stephen Stills like standing there, and there's an arrow pointing at his crotch, and it says P because like part of his pants have been wet from excitement. And then of course you get to uh, you get to them playing at the Chaos Theater, and Kim is like, uh, "We're Sex Bomb, and we're here to sell out and stuff." Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, Andrew, what, like, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Inside? I was going to say, like, the transition from the Sex Bobomb's playing, uh, like, before the one-up and after he gets the one-up. Because mm-hmm. afterward, they're like, he's going to kill this guy. Yeah. We are Sex Bobomb's. <laughs> and then they're actually, like, good again. Yeah. I don't know. They're back to actually, like, rocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, my whole thought on the fight, um, the last one, was that I think you need the beginning part of it, the boring mm-hmm. kind of part, before the replay, and I, I do, I did enjoy the replay like you did. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of La La Land, except like oh, yeah. at the end of the replay, like a different uh, fighting outcome happens instead of love mm-hmm. story. But um, yeah, so I enjoyed that. But I also think it's cool because you have Scott Pilgrim fighting these evil exes in these totally over-dramatic, over-the-top ways mm-hmm. that are just super unpractical. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at that last fight, it seems more like human and relatable, I guess. More like realistic, maybe, yeah. you could say. Like it, it, so, yeah. At its, it's base, like it's just like a sword fight. fight. Yeah. 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 That's how I, I like it, I think. I do love the two different swords that he gets he gets the power of love and then the power of self-respect yeah i think it's i don't know i might be going a little bit too deep in this but i really like that they make the power of love fail yeah and then he's like power of self-respect is better Mm -hmm. like that's where the real maturity comes for him like yeah yeah um the I I gotta admit I completely forgot about knives like being a part of the story until she appears out of nowhere to like attack Ramona. Yeah. 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 
I think I like that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now he's got an evil ex. Yeah. I mean, and then she becomes good. Yeah. And helps him take down Gideon. Uh, I do love the moment where like he's like kind of beat Gideon, and he's Gideon's like, "You made me swallow my gum." It's gonna be stuck in my digestive tract for however Seven long. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a myth, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but everyone believes it. Mm-hmm. I do love all the little like visual things that are happening during the fight. Like, um, of course, defeating all the henchmen like turns them into like uh, bodies of coins. Yeah. You know, and then. Um, I think it's Gideon's sword is like the glitchy like kind of game one and you can see the particle effects going behind him every time he swings like everything behind him turns all pixelated everywhere the sword blade travels which is really cool. That part. It, yeah, the it's a very small detail. Very well. Yeah. It's kind of insane that this movie like didn't do better than it did, you know? Like this got this is considered a box office uh failure like it made very little money because i think people like just didn't get what it was supposed to be which is a real shame you know like i think it played at comic-con and people went like crazy for it like they loved it and it got very positive reviews and then nobody came out and saw it which bums me out because it definitely decreases the chances of getting to see more from these characters yeah um, I was just looking at Wikipedia right now, and it says that there is a theatrical release in the UK this past week. Or yeah. Pro- yeah, probably yesterday. for the 10th anniversary. Yeah, yesterday actually. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd be, I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. I guess. Yeah. If they get like numbers on it. Mm-hmm. It it sucks that it had to happen during the pandemic again as well. You know, because like. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm sure do like crazy numbers now that it's become kind of like a cult hit, like a cult favorite, you know? Yeah. Does that mean I'm in a cult? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew's the leader of the Scott Pilgrim cult. Um, I I do want to go back and just talk about some of my favorite like little moments from the movie because they're all all these like small little ways they like they say certain lines or like like little visual things that happen in every scene that I want to talk about. Because I was watching it this time and literally just writing down every time something happened, and I wrote down something basically every, like, 20 seconds. Because there's just that much good stuff. Um, I do love in where uh, Scott and Ramon... Not Scott and Ramon. Scott and Knives are walking together around the beginning of the movie... Uh, and they're talking about how Knives is like has never dated anybody. And she's like, I've never even kissed a guy. <laughs> and Scott's like, hey, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think Wallace might be my favorite character in the entire movie. Just because of the pure comedic value he provides. Um, yeah. Like where he... Like, he comes back home drunk and, like, Scott wants to tell him about his problems. Uh, but he turns every he, or every she into a he. Yeah. Uh, I do love, also, the way he manages to send that gossip over to uh, Stacy immediately. Like, the one where yeah. he's in his sleep. He's like three sleeping seconds. and she's like, well, he said it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh And from that scene also, I love the little transition from night to day, where, like, you see him lying on his back with the phone up, and then you hear, like, the little sound, and it changes, like, to daylight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then my favorite moment is the, uh, the moment where Knives, like, shows up on their doorstep, but Scott doesn't want to see her. So... Wallace opens the door all the way and she's like, hey, is Scott here? And you can see Scott in the background and he closes the door partially. He's like, uh, he just left. And then you see Scott dive out the window behind him. (laughs) 
funny. And then it cuts back to knives, and you see like Scott run behind her, and she just like she just like looks behind her with out of this corner of her eye. That is my favorite like visual gag in a movie, just ever. It's so uh, perfect. Um, I, th- I thought one of the funniest concepts of the movie was mm-hmm. um, obviously well. So Wallace in the movie is gay, mm-hmm. and Scott and him and Scott's straight, but Scott and Wallace share a bed. Yeah, and so there would oh, be yeah. there was one scene where Wallace woke up next to Scott, and it was just <laughs> them two. And then Wallace and another dude woke up next to Scott. So it was the three of them in one bed. Yeah. And then there's one where Wallace and two other dudes woke up next to it's, Scott. It's Wallace. The same bed. It's Wallace, Wallace's boyfriend, and then Stacy's boyfriend, who Wallace had like yeah. started making out with at oh, the first show. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even catch it's, that. Yeah. Wow. I think. Yeah, it's Wallace, Scott, and then there was like. I think Wallace's boyfriend is also named Scott. So he's like, what is it, Scott? And he's like, oh, I just had a horrible dream. And then the other guy wakes up and he's like, what is it, other Scott? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it, other Scott? Yeah. There is one scene I want to break, uh, bring in. Uh, I don't really understand why it was included this way, but it was funny. They had like a Seinfeld parody yeah. scene for like a minute or two. I love and, that. Like... It's just weird because they like they do a shot of the house and it's like the baseline, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bright baseline where it's like, yeah. and then they just put like laugh tracks like after uh-huh. everything that happens, and they, it, they just make it very Seinfeld esque for like a minute, and there's uh-huh. no reason behind it at all, and it's. I the, just think that's it's one of my favorite moments, you know. Like they they like laugh at random moments, or they like. Mm-hmm. They they like cheer after he's like oh I got to guess you got to second base last night yeah. and they cheer and then he's like okay maybe first and, and then they laugh and then maybe first and a half and then they laugh harder mm-hmm. it it has it comes out of nowhere but it's so perfect which is what I feel like can be said about almost everything in the movie everything just kind of like hits you mm-hmm. and it feels like there's no reason but it all has a reason and it's perfect yeah there's a reason. Um, well, I think it's time we take a break from singing the praises of everything in this movie, because I think we all loved it very much. I think it's time for some trivia, you guys. We've got a I few mean, trivia questions here do for I you need today. a notepad or something? Um, or you may want one, yeah, okay. sure. God, I got a pee. Sorry. <laughs> Can we cut that? You, I don't you got a pee on her? <laughs> I got a pee on her. <laughs> um, Alright, you guys ready for this? Yeah. Alright. If you're playing along at home, follow along. To let us know if you beat Andrew or Neil, because maybe then we can replace one of them. We'll what? See. Oh my gosh. This was so not in the contract. Trip. You're you're playing for your role sure on the podcast. I'm pretty sure a lot of guests have done better than I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So now now that there's no Tyler in the way, uh, we'll get to see which one of you two is definitively better at trivia. So, first question here: How many times does Kim Pine blink during the entire movie? Closest oh, one will get the point. Okay. Um. And this does not include her just, like, having her eyes, like, shut. It's, like, specifically just, like, blinking. She's the creepy drummer, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, that's what I thought. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's, like, one really funny thing about the movie is, um, like, when she freaks out after she, she finds out that Crash and the boys, uh, that their drummer is a girl. Yeah. She, like, yeah. freaks out about that. But all of the drummers in the movie are girls, including her, uh, the one from Crash and the Boys, and the one from Clash at Demon Head. Oh They're yeah, all, that's true. It's all I female drummers. I thought she was drummers. freaking out because she was like a little girl. Like she no. seemed like a younger girl. Just because she, they like they think that having a girl drummer in Sex Bomb is like what makes them special and different. But all um, of the girls in the movie are, or all of the drummers in the movie are girls. So really, Sex Bob-omb is nothing special. Yeah. 
All right, uh, we got some answers here for this question. How many times does Kim Pine blink? Andrew? I was going to say four. I don't know. Does she, like, okay. not blink that much? Neil? I said three. Well, Neil is closest. She only blinks once in the entire what? movie. She blinks one time? Yeah. When? Dang. I, d I don't remember, but it, it happens only once. Okay. She... Every time you see her, though, you do see, like, she her eyes are just wide open. Like, she's staring exactly. at you. Exactly. Like, it's creepy. Yeah. Um, question two. How often does Ramona say she changes her hair? It's a very specific uh, number that she gives. Uh, I'll give you the unit. It is in weeks. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Andrew? I'll say three weeks. Neil? I said five weeks. I'll give it to Andrew because he's closer. It's only a week and a half. Every week and a half she changes the color of her hair. So this movie is only four and a half weeks? Because she changes her uh, About four and a half weeks, yes. Okay. Um, in the scene where Scott gets his Amazon delivery from Ramona and he immediately throws the package over his shoulder, uh, that is an actual shot where they throw the package over the shoulder and make it into the bucket. How many takes did it take for them to get that perfectly? Well, considering it's Perfect. Michael Sarah. Andrew's going to say one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Neil, you ready? Yeah, I said six. Andrew? I'll say 11. Andrew's closest, but again, it's not by a lot. It took 33 takes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They have, if you watch the blooper reel, you can see almost every take. <laughs> like how many that's how many so times it took for him to get close? Because he's doing it completely blind, just over yeah, his shoulder. That's true. Yeah. Um. All right. Next question: Which two characters, or which two actors, who both play characters younger than Scott, are actually older than him? So these are characters that are like explicitly younger than Scott, but the actors for them are actually older than Michael Sarah. You can give me the character name or actor name if you don't know the actor. Okay. And it'll be a point for each one, so there's two of them. Give me just a few more seconds here. Alright. Neil, you look ready. Yeah. Alright. I was thinking Anna Kendrick and Brandon Ruth. Okay. Andrew? Dude, I was going with Knives and Young and Neil. Well, you both get one point. It was Anna Kendrick and Ellen Wong. They're both like a couple of years older than uh, Michael Sarah. Even though like Knives is supposed to be like 17 yeah, yeah. and he's 23 or, or 22. Okay. And Stacy's like maybe 19 or something. How old is Brandon Ruth then? Because I thought Brandon like I remember watching Superman Returns in like two thousand. Well, I don't know if his character. Brandon was Ruth to be younger. Well, okay, so Michael Sarah was like maybe like twenty five, I think, when they were making the movie, possibly twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Brandon Ruth, I think, would have to be like twenty seven, at least. Um, and they also don't explicitly say that like uh, Scott is younger than. Uh, or that Todd is younger than Scott. Yeah, but he's a vegan. Yeah. Turkey's not vegan? <laughs> oh. um, question five. The version of Ramona by Beck, played during the end credits of the movie, was played in the style of what song by David Bowie? Oh my gosh. So it's a David Bowie song that uh, they're kind of copying the style for. This is really bad, but I don't know that many David. Yeah. I like. I feel like I would know the songs, but I couldn't tell you they're by him. 
Mm. I feel like it has to be a famous one. Well, it I is mean, a pretty famous one. Okay. That kind of helps. All right. Uh, Andrew, why don't you give us your answer first? Uh, can I pass? Because I really don't sure. want to get roasted <laughs> All right. too, ha- too hard. <laughs> Neil? I'm going to just guess fame. It is Single. not fame. It fame. is Space Odyssey. Oh. Or Space Oddity. Space Oddity has like, uh, it has like the countdown in the middle of it or whatever. They copy that as well. And then uh, it's kind of played in the same style as well. Um, Alright, question six. In the cast of the movie, there is one Oscar winner and one nominee. Can you name who the winner is and who the nominee is? Is it for this movie? No. Did this movie get nominated for anything? Yeah, maybe like a maybe visual effects or like a sound mixing thing. Unlikely though. Um All right. Give me like 20 seconds. All right. You can name the character as well if that's easier for you. I feel like Neil has a pretty good shot at getting this one. At least one of these. Yeah, I hope. All right, Andrew. Five more seconds. (laughs) We'll have you go first as well. Okay. All right. I don't think this is right, but I have... Anna Kendrick as the nominee. Okay. And Chris Evans as the winner. Okay. Neil? I had the same thing. Well, Neil, I'm a bit ashamed of you. Uh, you both got the nominee. Okay. It is Anna Kendrick. She was nominated for Up in the Air, which I believe came out the same year. Very good. Stars George Clooney as well. Very good movie. But the winner was Brie Larson, who won just like in 2015 for Room. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I forgot about okay, that. Okay, Shrey. Uh, and it wasn't nominated for anything. It was shortlisted for Best Visual Effects, but wasn't actually nominated. Which is dumb, because it probably should have won that. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Alright, uh, question seven. What color hair does Envy Adams have in the comics? Eventually changed to blonde for the movie, because the wig didn't look good on Brie Larson. It's really funny. Um, in the comics, because the original printing is in black and white, so you can't. You also can't tell like what color her hair is. There's like a little box saying her hair should be this color, but you can't tell because the comics is in black and white uh, okay. in the book. I got an idea. Neil. I have no clue. I'm gonna just go with like turquoise. Alright, Andrew? I'm going to say green. So you both are kind of thinking along the same lines. It's actually red hair. She just had red hair. Red hair, evil lady. I think red Uh, hair would look fine. No, I went for green. I don't think that wig, though. The wig probably didn't work. Alright, question eight. Mark Webber, who plays Stephen Stills, claims to have pocketed this much money in change from the chaos theater scene because all of the coins were real Canadian coinage. So whoever gets closest, he's, he got this much US dollars in Canadian coins from the chaos oh. theater scene, from all those uh, body co- uh, body lines in coin. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Wait, just so we're clear. Is, is this guy one of the actors on the set? He played Stephen just... Stills. Yeah. Who is that guy? Uh, the lead singer of Sex with Bomb. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So the coins I'm that wrong. they the, the coins that they bursted into were Canadian coins? Real Canadian coins. Because it takes place in Toronto. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Remember when he beats Matthew Patel? He's like, uh, not even enough for like the bus. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whoever gets closest. Okay. <laughs> All right. And you said Neil? it was something million. Million? No, those are. The Is that what you said? No. No, whoever gets closest. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're I up first, Neil. So I'm gonna. Okay, I'll go with thirty-five dollars. All right, Andrew. I'm going with like thirteen dollars, dude. Coins are heavy. I think you're both exactly the same distance from the real thing. It's twenty four dollars. So give you're us both eleven half, off. Oh wow! Point. <laughs> so I'm just not going to give you guys a point because it doesn't matter. Okay. But yeah, he he managed to collect twenty four dollars worth of coins on that set. That would weigh a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that many coins. But also, I think like Canadian coins, they have a lot more like dollar worth coins. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking he'd have to get maximum quarters. Yeah. And that would be like at least a hundred quarters. Almost a hundred quarters. <laughs> That'd be a lot more than a hundred quarters. Um, Alright. Question nine. When... So the amps that Sex Bomb are practicing with in their house they read lame brand on them uh but when they're playing at the chaos theater what word has replaced lame so the amps say lame brand on them when they're in their house but then what word do they say instead of lame when they're playing at chaos theater can i just guess something sure I'm gonna say cool for bread. Neil? Let's say sex. Sex brand? <laughs> yeah. Um it says sweet brand. So okay. I'll give that point to Andrew. I think he was closer. I don't, Neil, why would they say sex brand? <laughs> I don't know. I thought they bad name, I don't know. Sexy brand. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> Alright, uh question ten. What movie reference briefly appears during the scene with the Katyanagi twins? Oh, gosh. It's like a very obvious nod to a very famous movie that, Andrew, uh, you you should probably know, considering what you guys talked about in your episode last week. What? I brought it up? I don't know if you brought it up, but I know it was part of the conversation. Oh, that's a big hint, but we'll see. It may be a big hint, but I have a terrible memory. <laughs> um, Andrew, why don't you go first on this one, then? Okay. Um. Okay, I got an idea. I got an idea. Okay. Is it, is it Power Rangers? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, with the big... The I don't big, remember... I don't remember you talking about Power Rangers in the I last thought we might have talked about Power Rangers. I was not That's my guess, that. okay? You got right. to deal with it. Neil? Well, I guess, okay. I guess I'll go with... I'll go with Harry... Uh, not Harry Potter. Star Wars. Um, there, it is actually a reference to This is Spinal Tap, Andrew. The Kadianagi twins... Okay. Their amps well, go to eleven. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! See, mm -hmm. I was like, we talked about Spinal Tap, but it doesn't yeah. sound like the kind of movie that is similar to this. It absolutely is a movie. That I don't know. I never. I haven't seen this. Spinal Tap yet. Yeah. I set the watch. I it. haven't seen it either. But you know, the, this the amps go to eleven. Like amps go to eleven. Yeah. Um. Oh, all right. That's Power that's Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Power Rangers. <laughs> I was just thinking because like they have the giant dragons fighting the giant yeah monkey. Like I said, it was a very brief reference, so not not even that long. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question eleven: What is the body count for the movie? Uh, you can include Scott dying in your estimate if you want. So how many people die? Well, we got the questions go to eleven. <laughs> Whoever's closest on this one will get the point as well. 
on See, Neil. The, Why don't you go the, first? Uh, and wait, Andrew, what were you saying? I was gonna say the tricky part with this question is like in the end fight scene, he kills mm-hmm. so many of those like random extra guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I have they no idea they count they... both times. Oh, bo- okay. Yeah. Oh, they count both times. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, then I'm going to go with, including Scott dying that one time, I'm going to go with 31. Okay. I'm going with 38, including him dying. Okay, well, 46 people die without Scott, and if you count Scott, it's 47, so that's a point for Andrew. Uh, Coming up on the last three questions here, Neil, you are down by uh, just three points, so, you know, you... You stand a chance to come back, although you need, if you want to win, you need to get all of the points here, because there's four points on the line in these last three, and you need to hope Andrew gets none of them. There's a fair chance that'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, uh, okay, so question 12, third to last question. Edgar Wright told his casting director not to hire any English actors for the movie, because the movie was his first North American film. But one actor managed to successfully audition with a non-English accent and get the part before they later revealed to Edgar Wright that they were actually from London. Who was that actor? Uh, you can give me the character name or the actor name. Oh, shit. I don't know where these people are from. So Edgar Wright wanted a fully... Uh, North American cast, but one person slipped through the cracks. Um. Neil, you look deep in thought over there. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. Also, my eyes are changing. <laughs> Andrew's putting all of his brain power in this. <laughs> he wants to win. So this is make it or break it for you, Neil. Yeah, I know. There's no crazy Rotten Tomatoes question at the end to get you all the points. There isn't? There's a Rotten Tomatoes question, but it's not like... It's not? Okay. I, I'm just going to... Can I answer? Sure. I don't really know who it is, so I'm going to say I don't know the character name or the actor name, but I know who the person is. It's the girl that plays... Uh, April in Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, what's I don't, her, name? her name? I don't remember her name, and I don't remember the name in the movie. But yeah, we didn't mention her that, that much. But that girl. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. Can I say my answer? I'm assuming that's not the. I answer. know the character. It's not name. the answer. Neil. My oh, it's not okay. <laughs> my, well, my uh, the character name was Lynette. When that's something. Oh, you're going very specific here. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, neither of you did get the point, but the character was Matthew Patel. No. What? Played by Satya Baba. He's he's from London. I never Dang. would have guessed him. Yeah, Andrea, the person who plays April, like she pulls off a very like if she was British, I would lose my mind because yeah I, I didn't think she was but i didn't really know who to say yeah and i wanted to bring her up because she's yeah cool. uh all right second to last question which band wrote the 1998 song scott pilgrim which inspired brian lee o'malley to create the character for his series of graphic novels this is a scott, famous band that someone would know scott does wear their shirt uh for part of the movie. Uh, I have a guess. I think I know what it is. You want to go first, Neil? Sure. Alright. Black Sheep? No. Uh, Black Sheep is the song by Metric, but it is not I thought that was the Metric. name of the band. No. I'm thinking it could be They Might Be Giants. Solid guess. Uh, it's actually Plum Tree, who I believe are a Canadian band. Yeah. And Scott does wear a Plum Tree shirt. I would not have. I don't know. Yeah. That band. 
I have not listened to anything other than the song Scott Pilgrim by them. Um, all right, final question. Uh, Andrew's already won, but let's see if Neil can get two more points. Uh, what is the movie's Rotten Tomato score? And a bonus point if you can tell me how many critics reviewed it to give it that score. This was a straight up guess. I'm ready, Shrek. All right. Okay, so I think I'm going to be pretty close because I saw a meme the other day. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, I didn't. Never mind. I'm just guessing on this. Okay. I have it. I have 78%. Okay. And I'm saying 17 critics. Wait, no. It's Andrew. It's in the hundreds of critics. So I'm going to. Oh, 117 yeah. <laughs> critics then. Okay. <laughs> Ron Tomato scores for like big movies like that have it several hundred critic reviews. Thank you for least. the safety, Shri. Yeah. Several hundred? Yeah. So, okay. So, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go 84%. And then I'm going to go several hundred he said so like 235 critics okay well for the score you both went the exact same distance from it again i think andrew said 78 neil you said what 84 oh never mind the neil's closer and oh, neil's closer on no. critics it's an 82 yeah. percent and with 268 reviews so neil <laughs> 17 <laughs> Seventeen. I don't know how. I don't know how many they do. Andrew, I don't know if you deserve that win. I think I got the points for watching the movie. Okay? I don't know about the extra stuff. All the I time. say seventeen. Oh, I mean a hundred and seventeen. Well, wow. Neil, Neil, even though you did pull off that final question, unfortunately, there weren't enough points there for you. Uh, Andrew d did win with six points. Neil had only five, so I'm okay to that. I think with, yeah. I think with this movie, I will lose to Andrew. Yeah. Well, I told you there was a good chance I would not get the last three questions right, and I <laughs> yeah. think I, you I did, did not. not. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, neither did Neil. So yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations, Andrew, and uh, I think this about wraps up our episode. Um, if you've been listening to this episode, uh and you've liked it, please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Helps us be found by more people. And also, uh, we announced this a few weeks ago, but we have merch right now. We have merch on Redbubble. Uh, you can look up Double Stuff Cinema on redbubble.com, or you can click the link in our description to go find some cool designs. Neil's got a pretty fun one where he uh, becomes Uma Thurman on the Pulp Fiction poster. Um, but other than that, this has been Double Stuff Cinema, so thank you for listening. Get stuffed. <laughs>